Hello and welcome to VoiceWorks Sound Business, a podcast all about sound, the creativity, the audio and the people behind it. On today's podcast, you'll be hearing a lot less from me, which I'm sure some people will think is a good thing, and a lot more from some experts in the audio field as we create a panel from the recent publishing show. This episode is all about how brands and advertisers can make audio work harder for them and how technology is helping podcast advertising become more effective and more accountable. In other words, we all know audio is a hugely effective way of delivering marketing messages, and now it's time to prove it. Damien Scragg from Veritonic is your host for this podcast, and he'll be welcoming three expert panel guests very shortly. So, I'm off to make a brew and put my feet up. I'll hand over to Damien. Hi, everybody. So, uh, joined today by this wonderful panel. My name's Damien Scragg. I'm going to moderate for the purposes of today, I'm from Veritonic. We're a audio analytics and research platform. What that basically means is that we work with brands and agencies and audio platforms to help them make uh, more of an informed decision around the best way to use audio and how that audio is likely to impact on their consumers, both uh, pre-market, in-market, and also post-campaign. So that's where we fit in. But I'm joined today by Esther, Tom, and Andrea. So if I could go around each of you just to say a little bit about who you are, your role, and, and what each of your companies does, that would be fantastic. Esther, maybe you go first. Yeah, sure. I'm Esther. I'm the Commercial Director at Audio Plus. My role is largely to lead on the commercial strategy in the UK and sort of help and manage and build our partner relations across our audio network. So we work across all the audio channels, primarily looking at podcasting this year as, as really our big focus. We're trying to build up our, our own podcast network. So that's working directly with creators to kind of foster the growth of their own shows, but also to build some brilliant brand partnerships as well. I'm Andrea Day. I'm the operations director at VoiceWorks, and we are a collective of sports audio experts. And we help brands engage more deeply with uh, sports fans and to reach new audiences. And we also work with rights holders and sponsors to develop their audio strategy. So that could be everything from helping them with podcasts um, through towards voice tech as well. And we we work with some big brands in the sports world things like Paralympics GB, EuroLeague, World Gymnastics Championships, those kind of people. And we run our own sports podcast network, the Sports Social Podcast Network, which is the largest in Europe. And we've got over 220 titles and it is growing every week. So it's really exciting. Fantastic. Thanks, Andrew and Tom. Hi, uh, I'm Tom. Um, I'm Head of Product and Strategy at Octave Audio. We are a digital audio business, a joint venture between both News UK and Bauer Media, where we focus on allowing advertisers to activate our first-party data across our owned and operated digital audio properties on audience buys, really kind of taking that targeting and, uh, and productization to the next level in the audio space. So I just want to come to each of you to start with, on the basis of you know people listening in today to this podcast may have various different experiences of, of how they work with digital audio and whether they work with digital audio or they're thinking about coming into digital audio. So just in the same order that we did the introduction, starting with you, Esther, I'd just love to know why should brands and agencies be running digital audio from, from your perspective? I think for us, a lot of the conversation is around how messaging, you know, brand messaging can be most effective. And I think that so much of that is reaffirming your messaging at every touch point. So it's about audio 
being a complementary piece of that wider media mix. It's not about audio taking the place of display or taking the place of video. So yeah, it, it's looking at it as a complementary piece. I think another part within that is that audio is really kind of diversifying the opportunities for brands to reach their consumers. All these moments in our days that we're leaning into audio, whether that's, you know, out on a walk, out on a run, cooking, cleaning around the house. And we're really kind of leaning into the the benefits of audio to open up these opportunities that, that previously were much harder to reach for advertisers. I think the kind of the other, the other interesting thing is that, you know, in 2023, we will expect a lot from our advertising. We expect it to be finally personalized, highly tailored to our interests and audio, the kind of the creative possibilities of what you can do in audio from formats, from kind of dynamic survey, definitely allow brands to be much more creative and really cut through the noise. Thank you. And Andrea, your thoughts on that? For me, it's um, about the kind of specialism that audio has in terms of it being so personal. It's such a, a personal medium. Um, like if you're listening to podcasts, quite often that conversation is is you sat around a table with the presenters. You know that that is how podcasts can can speak to you and, and much kind of digital audio. And we we listen to so much of it on our own. Quite often a solo activity, whereas other times when you're you're being reached by different brands messaging quite often it's a uh, it's a group activity so it just kind of speaks to that individual person we kind of listen to a lot of our audio on headphones more than 80% of audio is listened to on headphones so it's a really focused environment that we're listening to as well so I think that that kind of drives engagement in audio which isn't necessarily experienced in other forms of media. Tom? Uh, I think it's the next evolution on the step of of audio itself that the first audio ad, commercial radio ad, aired in 1922. So we're, we're 101 years, if my maths is correct, into this journey. And I'd say digital audio is the next evolution of that. Um, it's bringing the targeting capabilities, the measurement capabilities, and, and the ability to hit your right audience from a linear broadcast perspective into um, streaming radio, smart speakers, and, and podcasting. So it's an exciting place to be, and I think that brands and agencies are, are, are getting in on that excitement as well. There's quite a lot in there to unpack. Good fact, by the way, about 1922, I think you said. So I like that. There's a lot to talk about there, so we'll hopefully delve into those individual pieces as we go through. It's a nice general overview, and whichever one of you can pick this up, I'll leave open rather than being prescriptive. But what position is the UK audio market in, in terms of the evolution that Tom spoke of, you know, adopting podcasting and, and digital and targeting? What's the reality of, of, of where we are now, in, in at least in this market? For us, we're finding that a lot of advertisers still need a lot of education in terms of what digital audio is and how we can measure digital audio and how that is different to other forms of media. I think when we when we engage them in that that kind of education piece, once they realise how it can work and and things like the additional tracking that we can put in there so that they can understand what, what return on investment that they're getting, more often than not, they, they come back to us for repeat business because they're, they're really excited about the results that we can give them. I think in other territories, say like in the USA, they tend to be a little bit a little bit further down the road in terms of how normal and accepted digital audio advertising is. But I think that we're still a little bit on the back foot 
in the UK right now in terms of uh, how much education that we need to do. But as soon as we, we get that across and they try it, then it's a really good uh, way for them to, to get that return on investment that they're looking for. Is education in the sense of some people don't really still know that it's a thing, digital audio, or is it just education in the benefits of what digital audio can bring? I think it's both in terms of that there's a lot of lack of understanding in what you can do in digital audio. There's a lot of tracking and, and data that you can pull from from visual media. And that's kind of tracking in emails, tracking on digital, tracking online. That There's a lot that's already there that people understand and, and, and get and has been in our, in our vocabulary for such a long period of time. To be able to now do that in audio is, is still an area which I think for most brands, they're unaware that that is accessible to them at, at the moment. So when we give them that education, then it opens up a whole new market for them. The, the education piece is, is interesting. I think it sort of leans quite nicely as well into brands coming into space, used to buying in display and, and video and, and looking for the similar sort of metrics or, you know, um, similar things in the audio space. And I definitely think you're right on the education piece in that it's it's a different space. And I, I kind of, we talk about it quite a lot with our podcast partners on this sort of wit debt debate, which is, you know, understanding that within, within a podcast community, you have these really engaged audiences coming back week on week for that new episode to drop, you know, really trusted connection that they're going to have with their host, often talking about very specific content themes, topics that, that could be so well aligned to brand messaging and to kind of brand values. So I, I definitely think you're right on, you know, there is so much more in this space that's valuable beyond a metric. And it's not trying to replicate the way that, that brands are buying on display and video and audio, but, but looking at it slightly differently. I was just wondering how, how easy it is. This is kind of two, two questions in one reason, really. How easy it is for, for brands and agencies to buy digital audio. And I guess coupled with that is, is the kind of question of, we talk about streaming radio, we talk about, you know, your streaming platforms, you talk about podcasts, all forms of digital advertising. So with that in mind, and in context of how easy is it to buy, how should buyers be thinking of these? Are they the same thing because they're digital or, or are they all, all different? Maybe Tom, you can pick up on that. There's a multitude of ways that advertisers and agencies can buy digital audio. They can go down the direct route, talk to people like ourselves octave they can go directly to podcast producers or they can do it programmatically we're not quite in the in the world of open marketplace yet everything is still done via pgs and pmps but a lot of um, agencies prefer to do it that way because they want to have a bit more control over the targeting on their end they want to handle things that way there is a real distinction as well as to the streaming and the, and, and and podcast and i believe that there needs to be a, a different creative approach to utilizing those both of these different products. I always take it back to, uh, if you're listening to radio, um, generally the radio is on in the background or it's while you're driving. or it's, they need, It needs to grab your attention. The, the audio needs to can essentially grab you by the, the, the collar and, 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 and try and get you to wake up. Right, great, this is, this is the ad. You know, it's, it's the, the screw fix ads or it's the, the auto glass repair, auto glass replace jingle that's stuck in your head. Whereas if you're looking at a podcast um, ad, you can, you're, you're in a different mindset when you're listening. You're most probably actually 100% concentrating of the content and anything that jars or jumps in to essentially disrupt your experience is going to be a negative um, as opposed to uh, the way it appears in, in, in streaming radio. So it needs to be 
you need to have a, a, a lot more subtle approach. This is why host reds uh, within the podcasting world are so successful, where where you have the host of a podcast natively bringing the the product into their into their podcast uh, and talking about it in a way that their audience will engage with. And it's a lot more natural, and it really does, I think, prove to be more effective. But you need to make sure that you're when you're buying that, you're not just using a one creative fits all, because if you really want to take the advantage of the, the different listening environments, the context and the audiences, then having a, an approach which offers varied creative and varied kind of means of, of delivery is, is really important, I'd say. And, and in terms of, of the creative side of things, you know, host red, programmatic, you know, dynamically inserted pads is is there across all forms of digital i mean are, is there a way of you know have you run any campaigns where you've tested different creatives to to different people you know have you had clients who have, have come and asked your advice on look i've got two creatives and i've got this campaign and this is the objectives what do you think because i i, I can see from a buying perspective with all those different options of different types of digital audio with a limited budget and a creative agency with several different versions of an ad it's like, okay, we, we can only do one or maybe we can do two. So how, how can you balance that in the mind of the, the buyers and also the creatives? One campaign that we've done fairly recently has looked at the same creative. So it's slight, slightly different take on what you're saying here, but we've used the same creative, but across different verticals of, of our network. So our, our sports podcast network has got football podcasts, cricket podcasts, rugby podcasts. And we've been able to use the, the same creative across all of those different sport verticals for us to understand which of those verticals best engages with that advert. And then at that point, we've been able to go back to that client and say, okay, this is the area that we can uh, kind of expand. So we we can get that that data to understand what work, works best and then start tapping in to those audiences, like the, the smaller, more niche audiences um, to get a, an even better return on investment on, for, for each kind of round as we, we, we really look at the audience and narrow it down as to, to what works best. Got it. So it gives you that, well, I suppose with digital, it gives you that ability to do that kind of in-flight optimization to kind of move things around, maybe even switch creatives out. I suppose if, if you've got a second one, you could possibly try that later on in the campaign if if you want to, or maybe if something isn't working as well as you might have expected. Uh, absolutely. What One one other thing that we've done recently as well is that, that we, we've been running one campaign quite hard across the network and the 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 return on it has been been slightly dwindling so at that point we're like okay we need some fresh ears so we we can go and find fresh ears to put this campaign in front of so that we we keep that kind of cost per acquisition at a good level and we don't see it dropping off so it allows us as you say mid campaign to kind of make those tweaks to understand the audience to understand what is kind of capturing their attention and to and to make those changes so same with the duration of some of the host reads we, we've had some campaigns which have been you know they, they've, they've come back from the from the podcaster they, they think that they're doing the podcaster a really good service by giving them like a three-minute host read campaign well actually how many people want to listen to a three-minute host read, read campaign so um you know we we've played it for a bit and we found that it's not engaged very well okay so let's move on we've got some data to show that it, it that it's that it's not that it's not performed particularly well because it's so long we put a shorter one in. Oh, look, there there goes your numbers. So, you know, having that kind of data around finding the optimum duration
version of a host read, finding the the optimum uh, vertical that you're working for. It's all about finding those optimums that that you're really speaking to the right audience with the right creative. I would definitely back that up. One of the one of the the things that we've done some really interesting work into is the the dynamic creative optimization side of of audio, where you can get almost a bit technical, but you you're able to essentially have different elements of an ad recorded separately and then use when you add serve it you're targeting certain data points and then it'll essentially stitch an ad together based on the on the characteristics and traits that um that you you have as a, as an audience member and we did this with a with a car insurance brand that we targeted a selection of areas throughout the United Kingdom specifically that the most successful was was um targeting Birmingham and essentially the the creative was targeted to 34 to 54 year olds i think and their their location was birmingham so if you were falling into that bracket and you were you were driving through birmingham or you were, you were listening on a podcast in birmingham or you were you were on your streaming radio um essentially you would hear a personalized ad so it'd be people who are in x so birmingham or surrounding area have s- saved roughly x which is the a certain amount to save 200 pounds on their car insurance and that quote was kind of personalized to the area so we did it in manchester we did it in liverpool we did it in london and one of the things we did alongside that was we did like a brand uplift study to basically work out okay how does a highly personalized creative work in this environment does it actually make any difference whatsoever because we all say it does you know when you sell it into the client you're like absolutely it makes all the difference here but when how we need to prove it and we found some really really interesting results specifically on the on the birmingham kind of audience we saw that we had a 14 percentage point lift on recall for those targeted with the ad versus not and um, so we had like a, a a control essentially which to make sure that what we were measuring was right we had a 26 percentage point lift in awareness uh, and a, a 47 percentage point lift in favorability and a crazy 33 percentage point lift in intent to then go and purchase their insurance or, or they say they're going to go and purchase which is a crazy crazy level of of lift but you take that back to a client and you can show tangible results to an audio campaign that's been targeted in a way and delivered in a way that in the audio space wasn't available five six seven years ago and you know when you're talking to digital buyers that kind of is where they want to be it's the shiny things that are really really positive i think that's actually a nice sort of starter segue into kind of getting a bit more into the measurement of this stuff, which that must that um, that client example is uh, is a very good good example of. One of the things I definitely have seen over the last couple of years, when I first joined here, a lot of the people coming into digital audio were from very much from a radio, from a linear broadcast radio background. So they come with a huge amount of audio experience, not necessarily huge amounts of digital. And then over the last couple of years, I've started to see kind of if you like digital natives coming in to audio so not much audio experience but lots of digital social video display whatever it might be so with that comes their experience of measurement in other forms of digital and you know their experience and background in that dictates that they will naturally come to us and say okay great digital audio it all sounds fantastic how can you prove it i guess the example that tom gave is 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 starting to go very much down that route esther what's what's your experience just in terms of how measurement is changing and, and where we are in terms of measurement of digital audio i think just to kind of touch on your sort of the digital natives points i think it's it is a really interesting part of this and I, I think from what we see with digital natives they are typically less forgiving so i think having more digital natives in the space is kind of pushing this yeah, this push into innovation, this push into how can we make sure that we're 
being as personal, as tailored, as specific with our creative and our and our serving as possible. In terms of of measurement, I think you know there's limitations across across every channel. Of course, I think that there's lots that can be done to really understand the impact, the effectiveness of of your messaging. One of the things that we've done with Veritonic is using the um, kind of the creative analysis tool, and I think that's been such an interesting tool for our for our clients to really understand how are they speaking to their audience to kind of go on that essentially like emotional journey with the user as they're listening to a 30 second audio piece or to a minute post read whatever it might be to understand at what moments in that audio are your users getting excited at what moments are they at the board at what moments are the interest kind of perking up that's a really interesting tool to understand how best you're speaking to your audience and the needs of your consumers, what are they asking for from you? So there's definitely a lot that can be done in the space to really kind of build that clear narrative of data around why your audio is was effective. I mean, you talk about the digital natives being slightly less forgiving. That's great because, like you say, it does drive us to try and improve and, and give data that they might be demanding. I think the risk, obviously, of course, is that no form of measurement is perfect across, you know, whether it's display radio social digital audio i think you know even if you look at some of the most inbuilt forms of measurement from other completely different channels to market tv you know they're just something that people have used to the used to the way of measuring for so long that that's become that's the way we measure it even though it's innately flawed because everyone works to that same measurement standard we're all wrong by the same degree so therefore it kind of makes it a bit right so the risk of the very demanding precise level of um of what somebody from a digital background might need does make it trickier. And I just want to think a little bit about the metrics that are available in digital audio, because if you think about whether it's listen-through rate or audibility, they're all very nice ideas and there's a lot of merit to them, but I think they only go so far in their current state. I mean, do you have any thoughts on the limitations of those, but actually how they can potentially be enhanced to fit a more digital audio world? I'm happy to, to jump in on that one. I feel that what has kind of happened so far is that we've kind of looked towards the digital world and tried to replicate what they have currently. So, you know, audibility is, sounds very similar to viewability. You know, it's two seconds of the, of the of the ad being played with the volume at 10%. Listen through rate, how much of the, the ad has the, the user listened to, which is fantastic in a podcasting environment because it actually works quite well in that instance. But if you're thinking about a streaming radio environment, it doesn't work that well because you're actually listening to the to a constant stream of, of radio. So therefore, it's impossible pretty much not to listen to the ad in its full duration. I think there's a whole host of, of ways and possibilities to kind of enhance these. But we really want to kind of, I personally want to try and move on from that kind of display way of thinking and, and, and turn to how we can kind of look at say attention or uh, you know you've got such wonderful work going on in in, in the display and, and and the the ctv space you've got lumen and you've got t vision who are doing kind of eye tracking and measuring whether you're looking at your phone while you're watching the tv all of these sorts of things i think if we can try and move down that route and start focusing on you know the levels of engagement and and, and passion and and um, audience perception within the digital audio space super high. We just need to be able to prove that in a, in a way that advertisers can then take and agencies can take to their clients and clients can take to their marketing directors and and everyone can kind of essentially be yes this has worked and we're proving outcomes. At the minute there are metrics coming in that are are just I feel that we we can do better. But 
the industry is going to have to work towards it. We need an, we need the IAB or someone to come in and go. You know what? Let's let's look at a, a, a measurement metric that we're all going to agree on because you know I, I can say this is our measurement metric. Global can say this is their measurement metric, it, 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 and then we're flying a war. No one wins. Uh, so I think it's yeah, that's the kind of the importance of it, really. I definitely agree with that in that as an industry, we kind of need to have certain definitions which are clear and easily understandable that we all use rather than there's the whole kind of what is a listen and what is a listener and they're often confused between the two. You've got some places that just kind of guess what the number of listeners are and yeah there's so many different definitions that I I can completely understand why a client would get quite confused between working from one company and working with another one when they measure it in a completely different way and that that could be perceived as a lack of transparency you know what is the digital audio industry hiding because they've not got this transparency we need to work as an industry as a collective to make sure that that we are completely transparent and that we're we're all saying the same thing at the same time about what these definitions are otherwise we're just not going to build any credibility as an industry i think we should all get together by the way tom mentioned eye tracking if we get together and invent ear tracking this is the the new future we can patent it in words now so nobody can copy that wonderful idea i'm uh, coming towards the end there's a couple of more things i just wanted to ask because we i haven't asked this so i just want to step back a bit just when Thinking about running a campaign on digital audio, is it better for branding or is it better for sort of direct response, direct to consumer type advertisers? Esther? I mean, I think, you know, the, the space is, is vast and it's really varied and the, there's lots of opportunities for brands to, to tap into it as best suits them, whether that's a branding perspective and awareness perspective. We've done some work with some of our brands on sort of working with podcasters sort of a more of a branded episode piece um, but obviously that's a piece of long-form content so that only works for certain types of brands that only work for certain types of messaging you know then obviously there's there's possibilities with i think andrew or tom mentioned it earlier with you know what, what can be done on attribution really understanding is your consumer going on to make a download are they going on to make a purchase what is their user journey beyond the point of of listening to that creative piece so I think a short, simple answer to that is that um, it's a various space and there's there's lots of opportunity for, for brands to tap into it as best suits them. So if, it feels very much like having, when the brands come into it, their agencies having a very clear idea of what they're looking to achieve from it. And then the medium and the creative can be alternated and tailored to to, to match that need. But but both options, you know, it's very good for branding, which... So if it feels very much like having, when the brands come into it, their agencies having a very clear idea of what they're looking to achieve from it. And then the medium and the creative can be alternated and tailored to match that need. But both options, you know, it's very good for branding, which particularly in these kind of recession times, if we do eventually drop into a, a true recession, we'll see, but could be very useful. Whereas obviously the, the direct to consumer piece is still there. It's trackable. We can interact with some forms of ads these days. So, uh, that's easy to measure. So just kind of starting to bring things to a close. It sounds like there's a, there's a few things here. I mean, there's tons of opportunities for brands and agencies looking to move into digital audio on, on top as on top of or instead of or as a complement to what they're already doing in, in other forms of, of advertising. But then we need to think about moving towards some more standards for, for measurement, things like engagement, attention, other things that can complement the additional things we have in place like you know, attribution and, and listen through rate and audibility and, and brand lift type studies. 
So just casting a, an eye to the future, I'm not saying too far in the future in a Nostradamus type way, but just over the, the, the coming 12 months, I'd like to just get each of your take on, on what you think is coming down the pipe. It could be in terms of what to expect from innovations in digital audio, but also just things about what we could do around measurement for digital audio. Maybe come to you first, Tom. I think uh, the future is bright. I think focus should be defined on smart speakers. I know we haven't really covered that at all. Actually, you could do an entire pod on this, but the smart speaker itself has started taking over being the radio now, You know, and it across all age ranges. And it's not necessarily being used in the way that people initially thought, where they would be asking them loads of questions and getting loads of answers. They're used in a very simplistic way. They're essentially a smart radio. But there is very little that you can measure or, or actually see about the audience across there. So for me, if you're really wanting to move the dial, considering how large an audience generally you have on in a smart speaker environment, starting to be able to measure those, increase the addressability of them and target those users um, with, with relevant advertising is, is one of the key focuses that should be happening over the next couple of years in this environment because you want to ensure that those who are listening are getting the most relevant ads uh, so therefore they're engaged with the, the, the audio stream that they're listening to but also the advertisers get the most value. Perfect. Thanks, Tom. Andrea? For me, t- Tom kind of um, touched on this a little earlier in, in, in terms of that specific campaign that you ran with with the listeners in Birmingham. I think we're, we're going to see much more targeted campaigns for individual sections of the of the audience and kind of at the moment you know Esther mentioned it earlier in terms of how a brand can engage with a very specific maybe niche podcast for a particular product or you know they're having having that very specific engagement with with that one podcast I think that as we move to more dynamic insertion that, than we have at the moment, more programmatic delivery, we will be able to reap the rewards of that personalized connection with, with those technological invan- advancements. So you get all the benefits of personalized bespoke, but on a, on a mass delivery scale. Excellent. Thank you. And last but certainly not least, Esther. I suppose that, you know, an obvious point is is the diminishing, you know, continued diminishing use of, of cookie data and the third party data, especially with what we do in podcasting in terms of what is available contextually in terms of targeting. We do a lot of, of keyword targeting, which enables our, our advertisers to target by conversations, target by words. Um, so it's it's not limiting the scope of the type of content they need to be in, but it's still ensuring that they're in contextually relevant conversations. And so I think we'll continue to see developments in, in what's possible in that space, as well as you know how how companies and, and how platforms are using first party data and, and consent data as well. So thank you, Esther, Tom, and Andrea, and uh, thank you for listening. Brilliant, insightful, and really exciting. Some of the potential around audience tracking and measurement. If you want to hear more from Damien, by the way, and the work he does with Veritonic, then you can check out a previous episode of this podcast from back in May 2022, but all still very relevant, called Working Out What Works. And it focuses on how Veritonic are taking the guesswork out of audio production. And if you want to know more about some of the stuff Tom was talking about in terms of those alternative created very personal bespoke targeted advertisements then the episode we recorded with steve dunlop from a million ads looking at the future of audio advertising back in february of last year is really interesting 
You can find links to those along with all the relevant links to the guests on today's podcast in the podcast description, along with details of how you can contact the team here at VoiceWorks if you want help with your audio strategy. See you next time.